Hello folks and welcome back to another episode of Generation Red, the Kettle Corn of Husker Fan Podcast where we try to be sweet, but at times we get salty and as you can see, I was able to replace my kettle corn this week. Yay! I'm your host, Ken. And I am your other host, Scott. And we're here to, uh, well, you know what we're here to do. We're going to talk about the Maryland game. We're going to preview the Wisconsin game and hopefully it will be relatively short and I don't know, probably won't be painless, but we'll do it anyway. So yeah, seven or 13 to 10, Nebraska loses yesterday, but on a positive note, Scott, I don't know if you saw what I posted on Twitter this morning when we got home from church, your mom put roast beef, potatoes, and carrots in the oven before we left. And yeah, walking in the door after church, it was nice. It smelled oh, incredibly yeah. good. And I ate way more than I should have. And it was comfort food because, you know, after a day like yesterday, <laughs> I needed some comfort food. Um, yeah, mom's mom's roast beef recipe is so good with the French onion soup mix and the, yep. oh, the cream of, I don't, I don't know if she cream ever mushroom does soup. cream mushroom soup. She actually put some gravy in it today because uh, chances are when she worked for them last week doing a catered meal, they had some gravy left over. So she kept mm-hmm. it back and used that as well in there with the cream of mushroom soup, onion soup mix. Oh God, it was good. So good. Yeah, I literally just anyway. take mom's recipe and the only thing that I add to it is I just add like a bunch of rosemary, like fresh rosemary. Ooh. And, and it just like it just just adds a little something, something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be yummy. And then uh last Tuesday, I hadn't told you this yet, but you knew I was in the putting contest at at work. They do it every year. I did not know that it was the 40th annual um pepperoni open. <laughs> and it's named that because after we get done with the put off, we go upstairs, we eat pizza till we almost puke and then we leave. So it's, it's a pretty fun little event. There's no trophy involved. There's, it's just bragging rights that versus the outside guys that work at the country club versus the people who work in the pro shop. And, um, it's just a little scramble, basically first one to sink a putt that team wins. So they flip the coin. Our team won the toss, so we got to pick where to put the ball on the on the putting green and how far the putt would be. And um, yeah, we couldn't couldn't win one. Fifth hole, the pro shop actually won it, and then they were like, "Nah, nah, let's let's go ahead and play another hole." God knows you guys can't sink a putt tonight. And uh, nine of us from outside service were putting. And uh, wouldn't you know it, they had me anchor. And guess who sank that 25-footer? This guy nice. right here. Yeah, it was really cool. So we were tied. So it was like, well, we now have to do a putt off. So we just kind of set a ball fairly close to a hole in the first. They just alternated between the two teams and whoever sank at first one. I missed by just a smidgen. I did what you've been doing all year by burning the edges. And um, then Mike, my instructor, was the one that actually sank the putt that won it. So the inside guys get to brag about it for a whole year but uh boo you know i get to tell all the outside guys who've been playing golf since they were knee high to a grasshopper that they couldn't make a 25 footer but the old fat guy could so that's pretty cool um anyway all the pleasantries aside dang it we got to do this don't we we've actually got to talk about what happened yesterday yep all right all right i suppose we'll get to it hey we got a comment and Josh bro. Hey, looky there. We haven't seen him for a while. A uh, friend of ours or a friend of mine from, I believe out East and moved somewhat uh, closer. So 
Um, oh, good question. Lead us from the depths. Who is QB one? Um, if we're running this offense, Josh, I'd I'd say QB one for me would be somebody like a Tommy Armstrong, who's pretty good at throwing the ball, who's also really tough when it comes to running the ball. Um, of course, you know, if we're going to go back to a straight up option offense, which I'm not sure Marcus Satterfield still knows exactly what that is. Um, of course you'd go T phrase or you'd go Eric Crouch or somebody like that. But in the modern style of football, I don't know what you think, Scott, I, Tommy Armstrong's kind of at the top of the list for me. Joe Gans, Joey. Yeah. Yep. Not a bad idea. Cause he can run a little. He can run a little, but I think what our offense is capable of is pass efficiency. We have yep. absolute, we have guys getting open left and right. We just don't have a quarterback to get it to them. Both and them. so, and that opens up the run game. And I think Joe Gans has the highest level football IQ of any quarterback we've seen this century. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just with his decision-making alone, I think we win basically every game this year besides Michigan. I, I just think yeah. no matter what you do in the Michigan game, they're just going to out, out talent us and out sign read us. Um, so <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah. So I think if a Joe Gans were leading this squad right now, that would be, that would be, I mean, we would be eight, eight and eight and two, nine and one right now. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah, you take a couple of those turnovers away. You take a bad referee call or two away on some touchdown. Touchdown that was a touchdown for Nebraska and a Minnesota game and the touchdown that wasn't a touchdown for Michigan State. And you could argue that right now we would be seven and two or seven and three. But you you got to be bottom line is you got to play football better than the refs ref it. End of story. You just have to. And uh, except for the last two games when we've only had one damn penalty. And of course it comes at the most crucial time possible yesterday at the end of the game. So of course that's just the way it happens for us. We can't seem to manufacture our own, our own luck. Um, anyway, let's take a look at, uh, first and foremost, I put up a poll late last night, um, within use offense at 25 turnovers, which I revised that. So cause somebody popped in the comments said we had 27. I hadn't looked up the actual stat yet. So my bad, it was actually 27 turnovers so far in 2023 that Nebraska has lost. Um, with I'd set the over under at 32 and a half and I left it there, even though turnover margin is at 27 is 27 for the year. Uh, 54.8% said it's going to be over 32.5. I tend to agree with them. I voted over myself. Um, so there you go. Out of 73 votes. <laughs> you can't wait. Yeah, I'd say over. <laughs> if it's at 27 and we're trying to get to 32 and a half, I mean, the likelihood that we average three turnovers the next two games is very likely. <laughs> yep. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. Josh, we see that comment there. Thank you very much. Appreciate you weighing in. We will pop that up here on the screen as we go along. Um, so anything that you see on the screen that we talk about and you want to p- pipe up like on this one, <laughs> you made me laugh when I watched this earlier, Scott. I just couldn't figure out how to pull the video off of Twitter and I wasn't going to bug you. to send uh, it I could have just so, sent it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Five stages of, of, uh, of Husker grief. fan grief. Oh Lord. I was laughing so hard. So hard. Um, I just had the yeah. song stuck in my head, and I was like, "This is like a perfect song." Even though it's literally a song about racism, 
for whatever right. reason, it just it just matches so perfectly. It matches perfectly with the video footage, and it yep. would be a long violent history by Tyler Childers. Is my, the, long, uh, I thought that sounded like his voice. I thought that's who it was. Uh, but yes, yeah. <laughs> it's happening <laughs> again right in <laughs> front of our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so sad and yeah, so melancholy. Song it's like yeah, I feel it. <laughs> I yeah. so feel it. But anyway, there's your team stats. Um, I can't read them from here. There we go. Nebraska was only behind him by two in first downs. Uh, Minnesota had 19, Nebraska 17. How the hell did we come up with 17 first downs? I, it seems like every time we were turning around, Penalty. we were throwing an interception. So Penalty. Uh, total yardage was indicates that Maryland would have won the game. I mean, you out yard somebody by over a hundred yards. You're generally winning the game unless it's us, unless it's us. Um, yep. Two eighty three passing and a paltry 86 for Nebraska on 10 completions out of 21 attempts. I think we got sacked like three or four times. I don't remember for sure. So I think there was probably 24, maybe 25 actual dropbacks to pass. Um, Four yards per pass for Nebraska, seven for Maryland. And we all saw it. Four interceptions spread across three different quarterbacks. Um, 101 yards rushing for Maryland, which was surprising, but they got about half of that in their last drive. I think I counted up 40 yards is what they put together for their last drive, and they needed it, and they got it. So um, 183 for Nebraska. That should be the goal. Hit 150 to 200 yards in a game, and you should be winning, unless you're you can't get out of your own way by giving the other team the ball. And you're right; there were dudes running wide open all over the field yesterday. Scott, problem was they were wearing white uniforms, and our our quarterbacks seemed to target them more often than our own guys. So, um, <laughs> only one penalty for 15 yards for Nebraska, whereas it was 10 for 92 yards. For Maryland, your mom texted me a couple times yesterday, Scott, and said, Maryland is literally trying to hand us this game. They're gift wrapping it for us. And it's like we're playing hot potato with it. <laughs> and then you look at the stand standings today for the Big Ten West, and there's five teams at three and four for the record in the conference. Five teams are tied for second place in the Big Ten West. It is literally five five. the definition of a dumpster fire. Because and nobody wants to win it except apparently Iowa, who for some reason has managed to do it. So they kudos don't to make them. Mistakes. But yeah, we were only for once we were only minus two in the turnover margin. We actually got three of them from them, and we scored on two of those. In fact, all ten of our points came directly off of turnovers in short field. And get this, we ran the ball most of the time. Whoa. You mean that works, Satterfield? I don't know if you figured that out yet, but we scored all of our points on turnovers. And that last 90-yard drive, too, that was mostly running plays, except toward the end when we decided that uh, inside the five-yard line, suddenly the running play wasn't going to work anymore. But I digress. And yes, mm -hmm. I am firmly on the hashtag firesat bandwagon, and, and you can't talk me out of getting off of it either. And we'll get to a slide later that shows why. Um, and it's not just our team either. It's the fact that this is what this guy does. So uh, we barely won the time of possession by about three minutes, two and a half, three minutes. So there you go. Those are the stats. It's a paltry 
disgusting, horrific performance. Defense did just enough to win, but the offense couldn't figure out how to get out of its own way. Uh, new movie, same script. I mean, I don't know what to say. This is like, this, <laughs> is, what, this is what I expected. I mean, this is yeah. like looking at this. Yep. This is what I expected. Yeah. Did you stand I mean, there and laugh? You know, it's like, you yep, they're, they're going to, they're going to have a lot of pass efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to find a way to make their run game work because that's we just did. what we, that's just what happens to us. We get tired. Um, yeah. And then the, the most egregious stat of all is like, when you look at our average rushing yards per attempt and our average passing yards per attempt, mm-hmm. if you are an offensive coordinator and you see that and your and your inclination is to keep passing the ball, you are, uh, yeah, yeah, we you are you are missing a chromosome. You need to you need to check yourself. <laughs> Well, he did give, he did say he was going to give Ramir Johnson more touches. He gave him a grand total of what, seven more touches in this game than the last game. Um, maybe less. Oh, Emmett, than that. Yeah, I, Emmett. I mean, the dude was averaging 5.1 a carry. You don't not give that guy 20 to 25 if he's averaging 5.1 carry. Yeah. Especially when you're in the red, especially when you have five yards to go. Why are yards. we like, what are you doing? Take the when three, first run goal. the ball. You're first in goal. You got five to go. You cram it right in the middle three times in a row if you have to. Maybe you get three yards out of it. Maybe you don't, but you've got three points in your back pocket. But, you know, we're not quite to that point in the game yet. <sighs> just so infuriating. Yet at the same time, you sit and you go, no, I accept it because it's just what we've been. And mm-hmm. I don't see when that changes, how that changes, uh, unless the guy's head that's in the headset it has a different name attached to it. But that's just me. Anyway, there's your uh, game leaders. Of course, Talia Tagovailoa had a good game. Not a phenomenal game, but he had a good game for him. Um, Took advantage of where we were weakest, which is generally in our pass defense. We couldn't generate much of a pass rush unless we blitzed. And then there was always somebody underneath that was ready to grab that quick short throw because you knew exactly where to go with the ball once we blitzed. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of darned if you do, darned if you don't. Um, 16 carries, 74 yards for the running back named Hemby. He got most of those in the fourth quarter, excuse me, <laughs> roast beef in that last drive. And then Jones was their leading wide receiver at five receptions for 86 yards. Don't even really need to look at Nebraska's leaders because there really wasn't one other than Emmett. Yep. Um, had the best game out of everybody. Save Purdy. For the entirety of that 90-yard drive until Marcus Satterfield had a ginormous big red brain fart and decided to say, yeah, let's make sure the third down quarterback attempts two passes inside the five-yard line after we've already given away three interceptions. That makes perfect logical sense. Um, He's insane. He's literally insane doing the same thing over and over again. Over and over and expecting a different result. Yep. Like, you are insane. You are incompetent. Never, yeah, whatever. Move on. Move on. Okay, so there's your game leaders. <laughs> and if you see a comment pop up, Scott, along the way here that grabs your attention and you want to just yep. throw it up there as we're talking, more than welcome to do so. Um, because I'm going to kind of focus on the slides for the most part and got to have them kind of big on the screen because even though I have new eyes, I still need to be able to read them. Nope. Um, I, I'm always, I'm always right. the only thing I look at are comments. That's what, that's the only okay. tab I have open. So I'm always cool. scouring it. Don't worry. 
cool, cool. So we'll get we'll go so through some key moments. There were moments that we all saw. This was in the first half. It's only one slide's worth, of course. The big one right out of the gate. Of course, you throw an interception on the first drive after they ran 10 plays and burned five minutes and 31 seconds off the clock. We were managing the clock, doing what needed to be done, and inexplicably, and I think it was on first down, too, that he threw that INT. But um, Let's fucking go, Nebraska. This is what we yeah. do. This is our identity. We suck. Let's go. <laughs> but we held them to no points in the first quarter, just like they held us to no points in the first quarter, so I guess there's that. Sims came in the game in the second quarter, leads a 12-play drive that takes almost eight minutes off the clock, but stalls when a fourth down attempt loses four yards. Probably should have not tried to go for it on fourth and two. Probably should have just let. Dang it. He kicked a 45-plus yard one into the wind in Memorial Stadium a few weeks ago against Purdue. Why the heck don't you give that young kid a shot at one with a little bit of wind in his face? Go in that direction. I, I don't. I just don't get it. The wind was. The, I didn't no watch. I didn't watch the press conference because at this point I'm just pure apathy. Um, was there an accountability made for that decision? Was that an? I don't remember if anybody asked decision? him about it. I don't remember if anybody asked him about it. I'll need to go back and watch the press conference. Because I was, episodes. I was all about going for that fourth down up until we called a two minute commercial break timeout. It's yep. like. At that point, dude, the momentum is no longer in your corner. Just line mm-hmm. up, kick it, kick it for three. But yep. whatever, hindsight's so, always And of course, at that point, that's when Maryland got a little momentum. Two big plays, one big play of fifty-three yards, and then to another one short guy play, to one guy, <laughs> to, to one guy go right back, back to, to back. him and, and miss the tackle, and he skirts into the end zone. So Maryland's seven nothing, and then of course, after a six-play drive after that. 45 yards worth of moving the ball. The problem is we can move the ball. Problem is we can't keep it. <laughs> it's like hot potato. No, you grab it. No, you grab it. Ah, we'll let the other guy grab it. So Sims throws an INT after a six play drive. So uh, if you can't hear the frustration in my voice, I'm doing my best to hide it. I can't. It's hard. It's difficult. I just, I don't understand why why quarterbacks in this offense can't figure out how to complete a pass to a guy in a red jersey. It just is it design? Is it scheme? Is it I I just don't know. Maybe somebody in the chat, if we have anybody there who understands a little bit more about how offensive scheme and what Satterfield's trying to accomplish can give us some insight as to why our our uh, quarterbacks can't find a guy. But uh the other team they can find him with no problem. So starting in the second half, Nebraska goes three and out right out of the gate. <laughs> of course, that would be the way it goes. And then this is when things started to look like maybe some things were figuring out. Maryland fumbles. Nebraska scores on six straight running plays later, tied it up at seven to seven. To me, that's important. You just scored. You ran the ball six straight times and it worked. Why the hell do you have to go away from it? I, I just don't get it. Until they stop it, keep doing it. Uh, then, um, that was probably just put in the wrong, wrong section there. Yep. It could be, could <laughs> be <laughs> disregard yeah, that, third yeah, point. Yeah, that, that third was in the first point. half. Forgot, forgot to delete that. See, that's what I do for cutting and pasting or copy pasting. I seem to miss a bullet point once in a while. Anyway, Buddha Wright gets that interception on Maryland's very next drive sets in you up on Maryland's 31, six plays later. Only two of them were runs and only 11 total yards. Imagine that. 
and Albano has to hit a 38-yard field goal, which does give us a lead 10-7. to um, We stopped them on a fourth and one with 46 seconds left in the third quarter. Seems like things are going our way. Well, <laughs> Ben Sims fumbled us on the next drive. Uh, black shirts hold them to a field goal, so now it's tied 10-10. to Sims throws an interception on the very next play. Satterfield, you scored on a drive with all freaking runs, and you call a first down pass play on a guy that's turned it over on you twice already. What are you thinking? Well, like Scott said, you're not, apparently. This is therapy. We're having therapy, folks. Uh, Maryland then goes on a six-play, 46-yard drive. They fumble at Nebraska's three. So we're getting down toward the end of the fourth quarter. Nebraska gets the ball. Purdy comes in. What else is Satterfield going to do at this point, right? You got to throw the third stringer in there. And he just manages to lead a 90-yard drive, mostly running plays. Burning six minutes, 15 seconds off the clock. There's just over three minutes left in the game. And we go right back to the well. First and goal on the five, we throw a pass play. Incomplete. Johnson loses two yards to the seven on second down. So instead of running again and setting self, burning off some clock, you could have got it damn near under two minutes to go in the game if you'd have just ran the ball one more time. You'd have forced them to take a timeout or run that time off the clock, and he just calls another passing play. Third string at QB, which, of course, gets intercepted. Because, hey, interceptions for everybody. Whoever comes into the game, you get a free interception, quarterback, because Sat's going to call one for you. So we forced two incompletions, and then Tommy Hill's flag for pass interference, Nebraska's first penalty since the Purdue game. And, of course, it comes at the worst possible time. Maryland drives down to the Nebraska six and does what we should have done before the interception, kicks the game-winning field goal as time expires. So that leads to this. Are the Huskers cursed? Nebraska turnover curse. Most turnovers in the FBS since 2020 in 2023. Um, most turnovers in FBS since 2004 and the worst turnover margin in the power five since 2004, double the second worst team. I haven't dug too deeply on those numbers, but Brett Ciancia is about as thorough in the stuff that he does, uh, previewing college football and analyzing college football, so I trust his numbers are true, that we are double the second worst team in turnover margin since 2004. Yep, it's now 116. It'd be 116 because it was 111 last week. We were negative mm-hmm. 111, and now we're negative 116. Mm-hmm. And I believe there was somebody, I can't remember who it was, but the net, yeah, the next best power or next worst power five team is that was at 56 last week. So who knows what they did? <laughs> I don't know who it was, but I mean, yeah. seriously, it's like, I don't remember if I said this last week. Um, I don't think so, but I've always felt like as a Husker fan that we disproportionately give the ball away over. And it always felt like that, but there wasn't yeah. like, it was always just kind of like, oh, I'm just biased. You know, we just yep. have, you know, bad games or whatever. But, you know, other teams right. got to be having games like we do, even though every game I watch on TV is rarely plagued with turnovers. And it's like, no, yeah, we just, we're just, we just suck. We, we, we it's not like, 
systemically Nebraska is just turnover prone. It's that for one reason or another, whoever mm-hmm. coach we hire is just a hire that's going to generate turnovers for us. And I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if it's like a Freudian thing where it's like, they just, we just so happen to just lean in the same direction. We always do anyway. I, I don't know. But Nebraska is, in fact, cursed. There is, it's objective. It's scientific now. There's no, you, you can't look at this and, and see any other thing other than that there's some voodoo shit going on in the hay market with like the blood of witches being sacrificed in, in the, the underground walkways with babies and stuff that are shaped like little red. I don't know. Yeah. But it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. And uh, it's, it's the living hell we're living in for sure. Anyway, anyway, you've got some players of the game that you picked, so why don't you go ahead and talk about them? Yeah, so on Maryland's side, I've got Ty Felton. Um, oh, reason, only reason. Yes, he wasn't the leading stat productor on the wide receiver uh, crew, but, I mean, if he doesn't get open twice in a row, I mean, Maryland really wasn't doing much in the scoring game. I mean, right. they would have two field goals. That's it. Um, Ty Felton got open back to back against Malcolm Hartzog and Malcolm really dropped the ball on that two times in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets that one really crucial touchdown that Maryland needed to, uh, kind of separate themselves from us at the beginning. And we could never, we can never hold on to our catch up. Like we caught up to them, but we just couldn't hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And then their cornerback, uh, Tarheeb Sill, uh, still, uh, he had two INTs. He was a leading uh, tackler on top of that. So at leading tackles at seven, I, th- I think that's uh, with two INTs. I mean, mm-hmm. what else can you ask from a guy? Right. Um, so I've got him as their defensive player of the game. And then on Nebraska, I mean, you really have no option on, on the offense to pick anybody other than Emmett Johnson. We kind of alluded to that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically a five yard average rut. Per rush with a 49 yard long he could have picked off even more of those because Satterfield doesn't seem to understand the concept that just because you don't you don't gain yards every single rush means that you get you give up you give up on it because that's such a common thing it's like we get gain we gain we gain he does two things at once we'll get really good we'll get a really good pattern going in the run game and then he gets all cute decide oh they won't expect us to pass it now uh and then the same on the other side we're okay we're doing okay in the running game then we have one negative play and then he just goes pass 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 and you're like dude uh, seriously if you could just if we could just hire a 13 year old that (laughs) plays ncaa football and just have him up in the press box and just give Mm -hmm. him like a game where it's it's almost like oh what is it Ender's Game? Don't know if anybody's ever seen that movie, but yep. uh, Ender's Game. It's just basically the same concept. You get a 13 year old who is our mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, and he has his Kirk Herbstreit picks. You know whatever it is, Lee Corso picks. I don't remember what it was in it. Where it's just like here's the suggested play. You could just have a 13 year old mm-hmm. kid pressing A on the suggest on the just suggested play, and. It, we're probably going to win a game because yeah. that's that's a way more competent. Uh, that's a way more competent offensive coordinator right there. So anyway, Emma Johnson is the uh, is the 
offensive player of the game. And then uh, middle linebacker, Javen Wright, number 33. He really spread his wings, really, really uh, showed up in the game. I mean, he was all over the damn place. Um, a caused a forced fumble, mm-hmm. interception, three solo tackles. I mean, it was a beast. All over. Yeah. He looked good. He looked good. So I got to give him credit for that. Mad, mm-hmm. mad props there, Javen. Way to go. Keep it up. And then you had cornerback Tarheeb still for uh, Maryland. I don't know if you'd mentioned him earlier before yep, you switched I did. to Nebraska. Okay, I couldn't. I See, I tell you, old, what can I say? Brain doesn't work. My brain's still cold from yesterday, probably. Yep. Um, so that pretty much wraps up our Maryland <laughs> review. <sighs> So fun. Breathe in. Breathe out. Okay, that game's gone now. It's all good. Now we can get right against Wisconsin, who just got beat at home by Northwestern. So great. They're going to be pissed off. Do you see the... I saw it on Twitter last night. One of their linebackers, I think, went off on a rant for a while about how yeah, four minutes. Wisconsin's been playing soft and they don't want to be there and this, that, and the other. And then... um Fickle said something to the effect of, we're going to find out who wants to be here this week. <laughs> I'm like, God, I remember Rule saying that uh, back a few weeks ago after losing to Michigan. Um, so who knows? That should be an interesting game because it's two teams that are five and five. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. So there you go. Camp Randall Stadium, Madison, Wisconsin, Nebraska at Madison, November 18th. 6.30 p.m. Central on NBC. We're going to be the Big Ten football, Big Ten Saturday night or whatever that stupid song is that that one band sings. Uh, it's a cool song, but great. We get to get our butts look stupid on national TV. Woo-hoo, yep. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> I'm so negative today. I feel bad. I don't want to be, but I can't well, help there, it. What is it's, there to be positive about? We've it's seen nothing against – it's really nothing against the players. Yeah, just, the players are doing their best. The, the defense deserves better. The defense deserves an offense. I texted or I saved it or shared it. I don't think I threw it up on the slideshow, but somebody had made a Captain Bug Eater, I think it was on Twitter, said something to the effect of this team deserves to go, the black shirts deserve to go to a bowl game. And the offense gets to load all their bags on the truck and on the plane, and then they get to go home while the black shirts get to go to a bowl game. <laughs> I mean, you okay. could just say it. You yeah. could just say, fuck it, start the defense on the offense, and I'm sure it would be a much more visually pleasing product. I have no doubt there's dudes on that defense that have played some running back and some quarterback back in the day. Yeah. When they were in high school. So it's not like they yeah. can't do it. But I sure as hell wouldn't send Satterfield with them. No, 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 no. You send <laughs> you send the youngest wide receivers coach. Yep. I forget I'm dropping I'm forgetting his Garrett name right McGuire. now. Yeah, yep. yeah. You make him our OC. Fuck it. Why not? Yep. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> oh my goodness. So um, there you go. There's your stat rankings between the two teams. They're pretty similar. They really are. There's not, I don't see a giant ginormous advantage for either team in anything necessarily looking at other than turnovers and turnover margin. I didn't look deeply enough into the numbers to see 
with the turnover margin or when Wisconsin gets turnovers, how often do they convert those turnovers into points? Oh, I don't yeah. know that information. So, cause, uh, but yeah, other than the fact that they, we have gained or lost more turnovers than they have uh, over and above our opponents at 1.4 per game, I think is our negative 1.4 per game is our turnover margin. Every game, <laughs> not going to win a lot doing that. It's a miracle we're five and five. Uh, other than the fact that defense is probably good enough, if we had any kind of an offense, a 2009 offense for crying out loud, we should be winning nine games this year. So with that defense, um, but yeah, you look at the numbers. I mean, they're sixth in the Big Ten in total offense at 372 yards a game, which is 76th in the country. Nebraska is tenth in the Big Ten at 312 yards per game. Uh, 112th in the NCAA. So there's a little bit of an advantage for Wisconsin. And they're pretty damn balanced, too. They've got pretty much six, about 15, 1600 yards rushing and about the same amount in passing as well. So they're pretty balanced. Um, they're fourth in the Big Ten and at 43.78% conversion rate on third down, which is 32nd in the country. Nebraska's eighth at 36.59%. Not ampersand, but percent. <laughs> and 87th in the NCAA. Uh, total defense, Nebraska's, or Wisconsin's eighth. Nebraska is sixth in the Big Ten, uh, whereas in the NCAA, Wisconsin's 34th, Nebraska's 17th. So maybe you have a little bit defensive advantage, which is a flip-flop. Generally, Wisconsin's defense has always been better than ours since we've been in the Big Ten. So maybe... We got a shot at making some stuff happen, and a pick six or two would be nice. Uh, third down, they're tenth in the in the Big Ten at stopping people on third down, whereas Nebraska is seventh, which equals to 79th in the country as well, and 44th in the country for Nebraska. Turnover margin is the big one. They're ninth in the Big Ten at minus two, so they haven't been really good at holding on to the football either, or but they have taken it away enough to keep it at minus two, whereas we're not taking it away enough to overcome our turnover margin, which is now minus 14 for the year, which is 14th, of course, in the Big Ten, and then next to last in the country at 132nd. So there you go. That's the stack comparison. You look at those. Um, I know your keys to victory are generally the same as mine. They're not necessarily reflected in those stats, but if there was a place Nebraska wanted to focus their offensive attack, <laughs> wait a minute, finger quotes, offensive attack <laughs> on against Wisconsin, what would it be? <laughs> what do you mean? Do you think they need to, to uh, do you think they'd have a better shot, their offense against Wisconsin's defense than Wisconsin does against our defense? I don't know. I don't know what I mean. I just, I'm just. Okay. If it's that way. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think Wisconsin has a way better chance against our defense than we have yeah. against theirs because it doesn't matter what defense we play against. We'll find ways to look bad. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> when it comes to our defense, I mean, we have holes in our defense everywhere. We're not we're not as we're not a we're not a great defense. We're a decent defense. I mean, we've played really bad offenses. I mean, that's yeah. that's evident that somehow some yep. way our offense is 10th in the big 10 that means there's four teams that are worse than us offensively yeah what um one of them being so, iowa <laughs> and so it's like and then you just look at like 
you just look at the turnover margin. I mean, there's no way you can you can walk your way into saying we win this game. I mean, at this point, the writing is on the wall. Uh, it's yeah. like we don't win another game this year if, by a miracle. We win. We don't win another game because we win a game. We win a game because somehow, Maybe some way, somebody else figures out how to lose one instead of us. Yes, <laughs> because that's that's basically our three win streak that we got was mm -hmm. that they found ways to lose against us more than we could find ways to win against them. Like in retrospect, looking back at it, that's why those wins never felt right. That's why those wins right. felt like okay, yeah, cool, but, like, did it look good on paper or in, mm -hmm. by the eye test? No, and it's like, and then you rewatch those highlights and you go, yeah, are those opponents just laid an absolute egg for us and they gifted us a win? Um, and I don't think a Wisconsin with Luke Fickle at the helm, and I don't think that Kurt Ferentz, I don't think that they coached themselves out of winning a game. It's nope. just not possible. Nope. Um, so yeah, I, if you compare the offenses, who's going to do better against which off defense? Mm -hmm. It's like, of course, Wisconsin is going to do better against our defense. Hundred percent, hundred percent chance of that. Ninety nine percent chance. I don't want to be certain. <laughs> so you wanted to know what the other four teams are that are below us in offense. At number eleven is Rutgers. At number twelve is Michigan State. At number thirteen is Northwestern. At number fourteen is Iowa. Cool. So two of those teams we've played. And mm -hmm. we're going to play one more at the end of the year. We're going to play one more and they've got an all world defense. So yay. Can't wait yep. to see that three to two slug fest. Um, so there we go. Let's get to our keys to victory. If Nebraska is going to win, I just put it on there. I'm not going to mention limiting turnovers because they're just not, that's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, it's who this team is, especially at the quarterback position, but there have been zero turnovers by our running backs in recent weeks. So I say Satterfield come up with a game plan that minimizes the turnovers by running the football. I think we win if we run the ball for more than 200 yards, because that'll be controlling the daylights out of the clock. If we get up to 200 yards. So that's mine. I think uh, I think that's a good I think that's a good point. We got to do. Was it Purdue last year that like that they ran like three hundred yards of rushing when like we were not expecting it? I mean, we were expecting it, but like I remember yeah. there was a game where it was like, yeah, they're really really bad at running the ball. We're about to play and then they play us and then they're it's like well if, as long as they don't realize yeah. that we suck at stopping the run we should yeah. be good which of course they Devil do crazy legs mockaby ate our lunch that night yeah yeah so i'm sitting here thinking yeah if we can figure out if 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 rule can just sit down and be like just that sit down sit down call you are not allowed to call a passing play unless i approve of it that's his that's his CEO mentality you should make, which leads into my key to victory, which is run exclusively. No passing unless you have to make a fourth down attempt. Mm -hmm. I don't care if we go three and out 60% of the game, as long as we don't turn the fucking ball over 60% of the game. <laughs> yeah. Like I I don't care. I don't care. Play safe. If, if we have to win a game by kicking four field goals and never seeing the end zone once, fucking do it. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. 
I'd rather see ugly victories because we make competent decisions. There's a reason why Iowa is eight and two right now with the shittiest offense on planet earth. It's because they know they're terrible. Mm-hmm. They know they know their weaknesses on offense, it's so they don't force things. Yep. They don't force things that they know they can't do. They don't have a JJ McCarthy. They don't have they don't have a Heisman wide receiver out there. They don't have like they just don't have what they what they wish they had. And Satterfield has this pie in the sky imaginary idea of what his offense should be, and it's like no, you don't have that, dude. Play with mm-hmm. your cards that you've been dealt. Run the fucking ball. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're not allowed to pass anymore. You've revoked that right. You no longer have a right to do it. And if I watch this game and I start seeing us playing cutesy passing, like <laughs> I'm just not going to watch the game. Yeah, they don't deserve my viewership. At this point, it's my protest. Like, oh, uh, yeah, of course, it's a silent, basically useless protest. I'm just one person. But it's like, right. I just am going to refuse to watch this anymore because why watch it? It's like, it's, I'm insane watching it. I'm expecting something different. No, I, I'm not going to expect anything different. Like for, for reference, ball. for reference, just to, to support what you're saying, Scott, um, Wisconsin is ranked ninth in the conference in uh rush defense at giving up a total of 1334 yards at 133.4 yards per game that they give up. So Running will be probably a little bit tough because they'll be expecting it. But at the same time, you make them stand out there on that field six to seven minutes per quarter defending the run, even if it doesn't get you much for two and a half quarters, it should pay off at the end. And then if you contrast that with their passing defense, they are seventh in the conference at giving up passing yards, a total of 198 yards a game. Yeah, so there's no real need them. to throw. You're not going to pass on them very much. Um, so, in fact, what's weird is I think Heinrich Harburg's best passing game was against Michigan, but that was probably because their backups on defense were in by midway through the second quarter. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that helped a little. Um, but anyway. I know I sound I know I sound heated. It's because I am. Yeah. But at this painful. point, it's like. A year, sure. Nebraska's going five and seven if we keep doing this. It's not going to work. It it might have mm-hmm. worked in the past two games against a Maryland or a Michigan right. State, like maybe, but uh, you're not going to do I don't care if Wisconsin isn't the same Wisconsin that sure. they've been. They're still the sure. same guys. They know yeah. how to beat Nebraska. Nebraska's the, the poster child for just like ab- abuse. Like we are the ugly... <laughs> orphan of the big yeah. 10 right now and so every team that plays nebraska knows that we're going to give them every opportunity to win they just and, sit and wait it out right mm-hmm. yeah so anyway that's uh our keys to victory i've got some guys to look out for on the football field on saturday and it sounds like a broken record as far as nebraska is concerned i wanted to just write down just to be cute whoever starts at quarterback but Nah, I'll be watching to see what they do with Emmett Johnson. Uh, not necessarily a player to watch, but for me, it's more or less a player to watch to see how Sat actually decides to use him. Is he going to give him 20, 22, 25 carries? I know he's smaller. Man, he wiggles a lot like, uh, he reminds me a little bit of, he's got some Amir in him, and he's dang sure got some uh, Corey Ross in him too. Just his lateral movement's incredibly quick. Um, 
He's got six, six carries, 334 yards on the year. He's third leading rusher on the team, but he's averaging 5.1 yards a carry with a long of 29 yards and two touchdowns. I think that boy needs to be fed a lot on Saturday. And then, of course, Isaac Gifford, still the leading tackler on the team at 67, 33 of those being solo. <laughs> I just love that. I love that it's even between solo tackles and assisted tackles. That means that son of a gun is always around the ball. Always. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a half a sack still, seven passes defended, and one interception. So, But the guys to watch for on Wisconsin, uh, their leading receiver is wide receiver Will Pauling at 56 receptions, 596 yards. Per 10.6 yards average, he has a long reception of 33 yards, and he's take, hauled in three touchdowns. Not eye-popping numbers, but he's been consistent. Uh, and if you're averaging 10 yards a reception, you're definitely helping your team move the chains. Um, and then I've got cornerback Ricardo Hallman on defense. Uh, he's got some stats, folks. He's made a difference on that defense. Uh, 27 tackles, 15 of them solos. No sacks, no tackles for loss, but it's those five INTs that scare me. Five interceptions on the year, five passes he has defended or knocked down. Return yards, a total of 142, including a 95-yard return Hmm. for a touchdown. So, um, yeah, we want to stay away from his side of the field. (laughs) Run exclusively. I think Scott had the right idea. Just run. Please, just run. (laughs) <laughs> maybe run at that guy. Cause it doesn't look like he likes to tackle. I think he's like 15th or 20th on the list in total tackles for the team. So, um, I might be exaggerating too, but anyway, bold predictions. And my bold prediction is Nebraska somehow manages to only turn the ball over twice. Because if we do run the ball exclusively, that means there's going to be options. And that means that mm-hmm. our, quarterback incompetency will find a way to to uh you know drop the ball yeah yep um or maybe emmett you know some i mean it's like if you're running the ball 90 times a game you're probably gonna drop it one of those times um because at that point the defense is used to it they know how to punch balls i mean our guys have clearly not been coached very well very proficiently to hold on to the ball correctly we saw it all game, but mm-hmm. I mean, if we only manage two turnovers in this game, I mean, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Good for you guys. <laughs> oh, Kudos right. game ball to the guy who doesn't fumble. Um, uh, mine is uh, that Emma Johnson finally gets enough carries to get up over a hundred yards and uh, scores two touchdowns. Not saying both of them will be on the ground. Maybe a swing pass happens somewhere and he busts through the line or whatever and takes it to the house for 30 or 40 yards from 30 or 40 yards out. I don't know, but I think EJ gets over hundred and he gets two touches. So two titties. Two titties. <laughs> Show me your titties. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, <laughs> all right. Score predictions I think are next. And unfortunately I'm right there with you, Scott. I don't think we win this. I don't think Satterfield is going to commit enough to the run. While I do predict that EJ will get 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns, even though I've got 10 for the score, I think one of them probably gets called back for holding. (laughs) So there's my escape clause. (laughs) 14 to 10 Wisconsin. I think they get enough turnovers and they turn it into points when it matters most at the end of the game. Sounds about right. 
I've got Wisconsin winning 12 to 10, meaning that they only score field goals. They never see the end zone. That's going to be our defensive stance for the game. Cool. Another moral uh, victory. Yeah. Yeah. Nebraska gets one touchdown and it's going to be in the most. This is what I predict. Nebraska goes down the field, run, 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 touchdown. And then we never see that pattern ever again. Yep. That's like Satterfield gets what he does, what he does. This is what he does. Yep. He sees something that works and then he tries to mix it up, tries to shuffle it up, tries to get spicy when in all reality, he's just, he's just inserting hot sauce into his urethra. Like that's how he's trying to spice it up. And, uh, Yeah, (laughs) there's now that's a visual I need to really work hard to get out of my head and I don't drink anymore. So that's not going to be real easy. So thanks. Yeah. Satterfield is, uh, is (laughs) he's something. So, yeah. And then we go down, we kick a field goal at some point and then we are in the red zone or like on their side of the field multiple times. And we throw interceptions like we did this last game and the game before and all the other games and everything. So, Mm Nebraska loses in heartbreak fashion. I think I think uh, we're not leading at any point in the game. I yeah. think it's twelve to twelve to seven or twelve to three. Right there the whole time type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Moonbot, you came in at a weird time. This has been a Very weird, weird show, time. Buddy. Been a weird show, buddy. You might uh, you might want to rewind, go back, watch from the beginning if you feel like uh dealing with two extremely pissed off podcasters. So, uh, we, <laughs> we didn't scream or yell much, but you know, Scott has been, um, uh, using his favorite yes. modifier. That sounds a lot like truck. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, <laughs> he says, I can't wait to go back. <laughs> Good for you, bot. Good for you. You're glad. I'm assuming bot. I'm assuming you are on the fire Satterfield train, right? <laughs> I would assume you are. Cause you are a very logical guy. Um, so, yep. uh, yeah, that's basically, there's a, there's a way that I find a way to bash on Satterfield the whole episode. So, uh, Pretty much. anyway, yeah, in the fire sat edition of the gender ed podcast for certain. So this is really not three tweeted because nobody used the three tweeted thing. And I also, you know what I didn't do, Scott, I did not send out a tweet. Hey, if you want to get in on three tweet, but it sounds like I'm a school teacher standing at the front of the class and writing shit down on a chalkboard that nobody's going to pay attention to. So I decided not to do it. I thought, screw it. I'll do the segment anyway, because there were some good tweets, some fun stuff. But if you do want to win free jerky and damn it, I don't care if you've won it before already. If you have any watching this or listening to this uh, later on down the line, all you have to do is this create a college football related hot take tweet. Tag at GenRedPod or at Scott GenRedPod in the tweet. Also add the hashtag, hashtag three tweeted. And then post your tweet before noon on the Sunday following a Husker game. And if we use it on the show, you get a free bag of Pipeline Jerky. And if you don't do this, see, here's the th- deal, folks. Uh, I'm not saving the jerky. If you all don't participate, then each week, Scott and I got three free bags of jerky we can eat. <laughs> so I owe you a couple, Scott. Uh, Anyway, <laughs> so here's the tweets I picked. Uh, this was uh, one of the best ones. I saw it late last night. Uh, Satterfield as an offensive coordinator, 2021 at South Carolina, 23 turnovers lost, ranked 116th in the country, 12 fumbles, 11 interceptions. 
2022 South Carolina, again, 23 turnovers lost, 116th again in the country, 13 of them being fumbles. Hey, it improved it by one interception up to 10. Woohoo! Give that man a raise. Well, we did. We gave him $1.4 million to come to Nebraska and promptly become the worst team in the country, 2023 NU, through 10 games, 22 turnovers lost, which actuality is now 27. So this was a fairly old stat he pulled out, and that would be 13 fumbles now and what, 16 inter- interceptions or 14 interceptions? So... Satterfield's really outdoing himself. He's really yeah, proven he's, his ability. Uh, he's definitely reached for the stars for certain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm willing to throw a little bit of grace because he was handed kind of a crap sandwich by not realizing that, you know, seven of his guys on offense that started the year probably weren't going to finish the year. But still, you've got to figure out how to coordinate things in such a way where you don't maximize your exposure to turning the football over. So running backs seem to have it figured out. It's quarterbacks that need some work, and I'll be damned if Satterfield isn't the quarterback coach too. Anyway, I don't know if that's related at all. Maybe not. <laughs> so our favorite, two of our favorite Husker podcasts tweeted these similar numbers out. Husker Cuscast, but Husker's quarterbacks today, 10 completions, four interceptions, one fumble. And then the big red cast threw out the 5-4-3-2-1. Five turnovers, four interceptions, three quarterbacks throwing them, two red zone interceptions, and one score loss. And a partridge in a pear tree. We're getting ready for Christmas, boys. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's Christmas oh, trees up in you, my house already. You have, you have the number one tweet, right? And that's going to be from Corn Crazed, I hope. You know what? I didn't throw that one in here because I couldn't figure out how to get the video without <laughs> going through the whole live stream on YouTube, and I just didn't want to. Well, before we get to number one, I will quote him because it was, it, it was like it's it's great. He's great. Like, you want to know why Nebraska wears red and white? <laughs> it's because they're Santa Claus just gifting the ball to the other team. <laughs> like I'm paraphrasing, of course. He he used more explicitives, but you know, like I I've already yeah. used enough. Um, but yeah, yeah. So this and is he was pissed. And and it was as pissed as I've ever heard him on his. Oh, he was holy mad. shit! He was flaming. It was so funny. I was laughing. Can't do anything but laugh, right? So the last one is this one. Hus guys dropped this one this morning, and I appreciated. I appreciated the lightheartedness in it. We have to get start by being more strategic with our turnovers. We're guaranteed to have four per game, so why don't we just do them already? quick all really quick in the first quarter i thought that made sense so i retweeted it and quote and added uh that way we can uh get them all out of the way before our defense gets tired yes <laughs> so anyway oh my yeah, gosh yeah. yeah husker army says uh sat will get at least one more year and i agree with that oh he will i'm just not on I, that train yeah, I think I think Rule is gonna hold true to his developmental mindset that it's like, well, mm-hmm. that's got to develop too, you know, yeah. like whatever. I don't. I mean, I understand that, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you're not gonna change this person. You're not gonna fix him. This is a toxic relationship. You need to break up with him now. He's gonna <laughs> drag you down. He's gonna abuse you. It's not mm-hmm. gonna be fun. 
but yeah, there might be some fun and exciting times, but those are going to be quickly overshadowed by getting your black eyes mm. every weekend for not, for not doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think, <laughs> I think we see him. I think we see him next year, but there is going to be somebody behind him being groomed and he will get fired at a certain point in the season. If he doesn't, if he doesn't straighten up and fly, right. That's what I see happening. Kind of like what, what Trev Alberts did with, uh, with frost, you know, his last year was like, gives him one more year. Yeah. Gives him one more year. He has a contingency plan of I'm going to fire you and I'm going to replace you with Mickey Joseph. And when the defensive coordinator needed to get fired, he was replaced with, uh, who Bill, was Bush. Bill Bush. Um, but so that's what I see happening next year, which I, I know it's going to piss off a lot of people. But You know, when it comes to offense, there is, you know, there's an offensive coordinator out there who needs a job. <laughs> I won't say his name because because uh, uh, the NBNR podcast, they always bleep out his last name, and I'm afraid they'll do that to me in post. So I won't say his name, but there is an offensive coordinator out there that knows how to run an offense. He yeah. just can't run a football team for crap. Yeah, and he needs to he needs to figure out how to run his personal life other than in the yeah. ground through alcoholism. Yeah, yeah exactly. Eh, I think I think Army's right. I think that seat of his will be a little warm going into uh <laughs> going into next season, at least Satterfields anyway. I didn't say it, Brian. You know I implied it, but I did not say it. So <laughs> for those of you listening. I was referring to our former head coach Scott Bleep and uh, Army's pleading with me. We could hire Brian Ferentz. Hey, there you go. He's going to be looking for a job. At least we won't turn the ball over. We just won't do anything. This is true. Period. We just won't score at all. Period. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> oh this this has been. You know what? We've almost made it an hour. I didn't think we'd get that far. I thought we'd just complain for about forty five minutes and call it a day. But here I we felt are. Like that too. It felt there. I just needed though. to let it out. I got I got a lot off my chest. I'm fine. Um, I'm pre- fully prepared to sit and watch another one of these next week. And who knows? Maybe we'll find a way to to uh, flip flop the score I predicted and say 14 to 10 Nebraska. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but anyway, for now, we'll call that a show. We'll call that a preview and a recap and all that good stuff. And um, Oh, Brian, uh, I'll just mention if you're still watching, just so you know, next time you're in the studio, if it bothers you to hear your own voice in your headphones while we're doing a show together in the studio, I have figured out a way to turn off your voice in the headphones and still be able to hear everybody else's voice. Uh, Because I've been doing that myself today. It's been actually pretty cool to not uh, hear my voice in my ears. So, um Next live stream is uh, Sunday, November 19th. That's next week, 3.30 p.m. Central. Watch it right here on YouTube. You can watch it on Facebook, on our Facebook page, as well as on Twitter. But it's YouTube and Facebook where you can actually interact with us live during the show, like Husker Army and like Moonbot and um, Josh Bro have done. Uh, If you want to talk and add some comments, we'll always talk about them, if they pertain to what we're saying, of course. And um, so where can folks find you, Scott? You've been yep, a little more can. active lately, and it'll be worth it to get out there on his Twitter and find that uh, video yeah, of the screenshot that I took earlier. I got to post it on more socials, edit it to where it can be like a YouTube short and uh, an Instagram short. But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Jen Red Pod. That is uh, Scott with two T's. Second T is and will always remain silent. 
Um, unlike me today, I will not, I will not be silent anymore. I will speak up and speak out <laughs> against this, uh, tyrannical, uh, offensive takeover. that's holding us <laughs> hostage in the gulag. Um, yeah, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter. There will be more interesting stuff to come there. So, uh, stand by. Alrighty. And of course you can follow the show and myself at Jen red pod on Twitter on Facebook and on uh, YouTube. Generation Red is the name of the audio podcast. The audio for this show will be available on your favorite app uh, by tomorrow morning, fairly early. Uh, so just make sure you're subscribed. If you're an Apple podcast listener who's watching and wondering why you haven't gotten our latest content, please unsubscribe because you're still subscribed to the old feed for some reason. I'm not sure why the transfer didn't happen once we moved to Herdad, but it's it's probably my end. I probably messed up one of the procedures. So I apologize to those of you who have not been getting on. Just make sure you just do a new search for Generation Red. You will find us. GenRedPod.com is our website where you'll find all the links to our YouTube, to our social media, as well as the videos of our old shows and our audio shows are also available to listen to out there. And GenRedPod at gmail.com. Send us an email, give us comments, questions, or suggestions. We always appreciate your input on the show. Um, any other things you want to say, Scott? Any burning desires? Um, all that good stuff. Um, no. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been fun, sort of. Uh, I'm Ken, he's Scott. Together, we are Generation Red, and we are here chronicling the Huskers' hopeful return to greatness someday one podcast at a time because there is no place like nebraska and iowa's corn sucks believe it or not worse than marcus satterfield's play calling ability i know that might be arguable but uh well i still think it is objectively i quite frankly think i would rather eat an ear of iowa's corn before i would watch another game coordinated by that man but i'm stuck with him so is what it is right Fair. anyway thanks again for watching folks thanks of you to you who downloaded this podcast and have listened all the way to the end we hope this therapy was as good for you as it was for us we will see you next week and go big red <laughs>